Hello, everyone. This is Premier Chess CEO, National Master Evan Rabin, and I am very excited to have a second uh, podcast episode of the week, a special appearance with Jakob Agard, who's one of the uh, most famous chess coaches uh, around. Um, he's a strong uh, Danish-born uh, Scottish grandmaster. Uh, he was the 2007 uh, British champion, and uh, he's the author and co-owner of Quality Chess, uh, one of the uh, bigger uh, chess publishing uh, houses uh, around. And he also is the uh, founder and uh, one of the owners of Killer Chess Academy, uh, which has, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but uh, basically a subscription-based learning uh, model. So uh, Jakob, it's a pleasure to uh, have you on uh, today. And uh, how's everything going? Thank you for the kind uh, invitation. Well, I'm uh, surviving on uh, on sugar and pure will here. I have not <laughs> slept since Wednesday. Uh, wow! I have wow. been. Uh, I had two out of my three flights cancelled uh, coming from St. Louis to Glasgow. So uh, it was a long trip. Wow! Wow! Well, I, I appreciate your dedication. Uh, you know, being here. Um, you know, I, I saw actually yesterday you were almost going to reschedule and I was like, totally okay with that. And he said, Hey, it's, uh, I'm good. So I said, uh, all right, why not? Let's, uh, let's move forward and, and have a good time. So, um, yeah. Um, you know, look, I, I guess that is, uh, like you said, just, you know, dedication there and, uh, you know, that, that that's awesome. So, uh, definitely grateful, uh, you know, for that. I, I generally, generally try not to let people down. <laughs> well I, I i appreciate the commitment there and that you know as a coach and everyone else is uh you know obviously very uh you know important and grateful so um so i, I guess to, just to start out i know you were in uh you know st louis and uh, other parts of the u.s actually um what what was your your recent trip about you know how, how was it so i was uh I was uh, at the yearly uh, elite camp in Charlotte uh, together with uh, Peter Heine Nielsen, uh, Daniel Nerditschke and Veslin Topalov as coaches, which was just as much fun as, as it always is. Um, I think we had like, f- we, they, Charlotte had 57 participants uh, in the camp wow. this year, which was, uh, yeah, it was full, it was full on then. Uh, so the, the level was like up to some strong FMs, uh, in the league group. And then, uh, it was a few, a few of, uh, of the kids, which in the younger groups we had really had difficulty sitting still. Um, so it was, was a big spread, but it was from, I don't know, 1700 to, to 2300. Um, and I've done it now five times. Wow, that's, that's I'm, amazing. I'm the, the only repeat uh, from the the original uh, year. Um, well, well, I know. Yeah, Peter is, is is doing obviously some great work in in Charlotte, and it's uh, great to see you. Uh, you know, as as part of it. So, um, well, I, I I go to Charlotte uh, mainly for uh, for social reasons, I should say. I've played a tournament in May. I will play there again in in three weeks and uh i yeah i just like uh, have a, a number of friends there of course uh, peter Giannatos, uh have grand owen uh alec Velasquez, dominic daniel 
you know, Maya, there's lots of, of really nice people to hang out with there. It's a, it's a great place to go. And if you are in America and you're wondering if you should go and play in some of their tournaments, uh, you absolutely should. They're very, very well organized. Um, it's, it's just a very good atmosphere uh, to be at. Uh, pro very professional. Yeah, well, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree. Uh, you know, I was actually uh, at their old site back in 2015 uh, when uh, you know Peter was actually just getting started. I was playing blitz with Dominique and him uh, all night. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, I was there for yeah, like several hours. But uh, since then, they've you know opened up a much bigger location. You know, outside of norm tournaments, camps like the one you did um and, and and so much more so um you know it's, it's great to uh you know to see uh you know just flourish uh you know everywhere so um yeah they also uh, start not doing i think uh, do they call it alto which is is basically uh adult uh tournaments uh they did one and immediately was sort of uh, there was some outcry that oh no that's discrimination which is like what we have have junior tournaments, senior tournament, and women's tournaments. So why can't we have adults tournament? Uh, <laughs> like, I want to play in the junior tournament. I self-identify as an eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I know, no, I, you know, they, they, there should be there should be tournaments for everyone, and there should be tournaments where everyone's uh, involved. But uh, but no, I, I think they're doing a lot of things to uh improve chess in the us and uh, a lot of people are copying what they're doing because it's smart stuff well i remember you know my friend and mentor bill peterson at oracle uh when i was back in corporate america you know always said you know there's no no, no reason to reinvent the wheel you know yeah. so if it's done before um you know just keep up with it and uh you know move forward and and and, and learn by you know what's already done so um, and, and even that quote is not original. <laughs> so. uh, of course, of course, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, look, it, it's just a good way to, uh, you know, look, it, it, it's, it's a good way to be, you know, the most productive that, uh, that you could be, you know, so, um, yeah, so I, I guess to, to, to start out, uh, you know, I, I have had other you know, top uh, UK grandmasters, uh, you know, on the podcast, you know, mostly from, you know, England and, you know, I've had Nigel Davies, uh, you know, who's, who's Welsh, but uh, what, what is the chess community like in, in, in Scotland in general? Um, well, it's, it's pretty, pretty basic. Uh, we have the Scottish Championship, which is a, uh, often a, an international tournament. This, this year, it's, it, it's a little bit less strong than it was before COVID. Mm -hmm. um, we have some weekend tournaments. Uh, we don't have, uh, we, we, we sort of struggled with new talents coming through. Uh, we have a few younger players who made the, the national team over, over the last decade, but it's mainly been because uh, the rest of us have gotten old and stayed home. And, uh, but now we, we, we have a real talented player who uh, had his uh, debut last year hmm. uh, in the national team. Uh, I think he was had just turned 11 at the time uh, and was top scorer for the, for the team at the European Team Championship. He was wow. uh, bought five. I was 
I was supposed to go and then uh, just too many things happened and, and I apologized a lot to my teammates and said I, I have to stay at home and and then Freddie was uh, Freddie Gordon was uh, was the reserve that was, was picked and he did, he did very well and then this time he gets another chance and uh, he'll play in the Olympiad also where I originally had wanted to go but the dates didn't work for me so uh, instead he goes and in both cases if you could promise me that we would have uh, the youngest player of the tournament and that he would do well which I hope he will do in in Chennai as well uh, mm -hmm. then I would definitely say okay I'm I'll set this one out you know uh, let the young ones have a go yeah, you, you you never know. Um, yeah, I just quickly looked him up on on, on Fide myself. You know, he's, he's up and coming. He's you know two thousand. I, I I saw he uh, a couple of years ago, uh, or actually last year, beat uh, you know a, a grandmaster. You know, at the age of ten. So, <laughs> uh, and it's something I haven't done, by the way. You know, I I, I myself have you know drawn yeah, like fourteen yeah, yeah. grandmasters, but you know, I've yet to beat a grandmaster in in a slow game. So yeah, uh, did, did, <laughs> when you when you were ten, did you draw Michael Adams? Uh, I did not. No, <laughs> uh, but it's interesting you mentioned Michael because we uh, actually just. Uh, this week scheduled an episode with him in, in September, so uh, we, we look forward to having him on. <laughs> he, he is a lovely guy. You're going to enjoy his company a lot. Yeah, it's uh, he, uh, yeah. I, I've I've actually uh, it's interesting. My 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 dad Keith uh, bought me a book of his uh, years ago, uh, Development of a Grandmaster, uh, and uh, actually Bill Lombardi, uh, Bobby Fisher's second. Uh, who is uh, kind of an unofficial friend and mentor uh, for a long time in, in New York. Uh, he basically just told me one day, he was like, Evan, you're spending way too much time learning opening, you're learning end games, uh, you know, you, you got to go over full games. And he actually said, take a top level player uh, and that somewhat matches your style and learn all of his games. <laughs> and uh, I, I was like, okay, I have no idea who. <laughs> so I went home that night. It was we were actually like, you know, in Washington Square Park talking at like 2 a.m. <laughs> And uh, I, I got home and I, I looked at my bookshelf and I was like, all right, there's Michael Adams' book. <laughs> and he became the player that I went over all of his games <laughs> uh, um, at the time. Yeah, I see, uh, I see him as a continuation of a, a very classical style, uh, sort of starting with, with Capablanca. Hmm. Um, I'm thinking who, who would be who would be the 60s representation of, of that style. Not, not entirely sure. Spassky is sort of a bit too aggressive. Uh, but then later on we have, um, uh, I think a clear continuation with Karpov and, and Leko, Adams, uh, Adam, mm. Karpov, Adams, Leko, Giri. And they sort of have the, the same sort of uh, skills, uh, at least there's a big overlap, really, really good at organizing their pieces, uh, preference for, for, for quite technical solutions, um, not trying to go for, for, for deep strategic complexity, which is another, another uh, line of players, which is Rupert Stad, but we need Korsnoy, Gelfand, uh, that, that, uh, that uh, lineage. Um, mm. 
So yeah, no, I uh, I think always thought that uh, Smyslov maybe you, you could mention also as as being continuation or so. And of course, there's some variations along the path and uh, and so on. You would say Smyslov is maybe a little bit too focused on endings, but um, but yeah, no, 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 I agree. And I agree with the thing of uh, trying to understand people's games and. Uh, maybe take one player and see see what you can learn from him, uh, and then at some point you you sort of like okay let's try to go in a different direction, and the same thing works very well for openings, which is uh, find a player whose style uh, you like. Hmm. Uh, if you are a very aggressive player today and uh, you're looking for for someone's openings to uh, to copy. Um, you know, there, there are some players who, who are very adventurous. Um, Anish Giri, for example, is, is very adventurous in the opening. At, uh, he's not very good at, at winning his one positions, uh, which is, is why he has a, a higher than, than average uh, amount of draws. But, but otherwise, he's a fantastic enterprising player. Um, but, but yeah, MVL, for example, is a very aggressive player. Uh, huh. and, and others so. yeah so uh by the way just as a as a quick side note um you know i, I thought i would actually uh mention um one of our previous previous podcast guest guests um daniel uh pelletier of dig usa uh he actually uh is uh hosting uh actually mbl for a big tournament in uh connecticut uh, actually, uh, I think, uh, August 17th, uh, something like that. So, um, yeah, I definitely, uh, recommend, uh, you know, that, that, that event. So, um, I thought it's uh, worth mentioning, but, um, anyway, I, I wanted to, you know, back up and, uh, you know, talk a little bit, obviously more about you and, and, and your, your, your career, uh, and everything. Um, so, you know, I, I guess, uh, to, to, to start out, uh, one thing I don't know if you know, I'm actually pretty good friends with uh, Shanklin from, from Brandeis uh, in our time there. You know, he's uh, one of the more famous uh, students. Uh, so, yeah, what, what, what has it been like, uh, you know, working with, uh, with Shanklin over the years? Yeah, so, already I've, I've sort of worked with, with people over the years. Um, but I'm going to go back a little bit further. So, I met uh, the mother of a young man in uh, in Rome in 2005. Uh, wow, so that's a long time ago. <laughs> a, long, a long time ago. And they, uh, so the mother uh, of this young man was actually there with the daughter. The daughter is called uh, Marina Brunello. And she's, she's now an IM. Uh, and we were there for a rapid tournament. And sure, we were like hanging around the day before while they were setting up. And I thought it was natural to play with, with Marina. And, and, you know, we looked over some games and discussed some things and so on. And because apparently my attitude was, 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 was good, uh, she organized, uh, the mother asked if I would train her son. That's hmm. said, well, I'm sure, you know, I've, at the time I felt I had no great experience. Um, but this was uh, Sabino Brunello who, uh, at his peak, I think, reached like 26.30 or, or 35 or something. People can look it up. Um, and uh, that was sort of 
just at the moment where he decided that uh, he, he he didn't want to work with me anymore and he wanted to go to university and and stuff like that uh we're still still very good friends and he's uh uh, gives lesson at uh, killtestraining.com as well. Um, but anyway, so I worked with him for, for a number of years. Also at the same tournament in 2009, uh, I met uh, another promising player uh, called Boris Gelfand. Mm. Uh, and we worked together for around almost a decade. First, uh, I helped him uh, with training material and he won people don't remember the world cup the candidates and drew and and then lost in the playoff for the world championship i think i chose the the most amount of matches anyone ever had to win to to get to a world championship match he had to win 10 matches in a row to get to to the world championship match um uh and then on the basis of that at some point with in quality chess uh i published uh, the training material that uh, I'd used with Boris in, in this uh, run to the, the World Championship. Uh, and it's called the Grandmaster Preparation. There's five uh, exercise books. And some of attack and defense was sort of after this great run, but the rest of it was part of Boris's training material to a great extent. And on the back of that, I got uh, contact from a young man from California who was just finishing college and decided he wanted to try to become a, a good chess player. And hmm. he was already around 2,600. So, uh, uh, so it, it was interesting. Uh, he asked if you could come and have a training week with me. I said, sure. And he came and uh, um, yeah, we, we got along well and I thought the training was probably fine. Um, he was a very pleasant young man. Uh, he would, my, my oldest daughter would constantly challenge him to games and uh, he would maybe not play full out, let's say that way. And then uh, when after a week uh, he was leaving, she said, why are you leaving? You're not even good at chess yet. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so he, yeah, he said, okay, I'll be back. And, and we worked uh, together ever since, uh, still do. And I've asked a few times if it was time for him to, to maybe get a different opinion. And he said, no. <laughs> so uh, I've, I've not been allowed to, uh, uh, to quit. So uh, yeah. Uh, wow. So he's chose to be stuck with me, and uh, we have another training camp coming up in California in August. Uh, Very cool. Um, and and I mean, I'm sure that you know this has obviously been asked to you before, but uh, you know what 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 is the day to day of training? You know, an elite player like like Sam. You know, um, you know I. I even me, honestly, from time to time, you know, I teach, you know, 1,800, 2,000 students. Uh, and I'm just like, okay, what, what do we do today? You know, do we go over a game? Do we, uh, you know, go over their recent games? Do we look at openings? You know, so what, what, what is the, I mean, I'm sure it varies too, but, you know, what, what is it like, you know, a typical, you know, day of uh, in training an elite player? Okay, so um, 
the, the most important, I think, for as a trainer, and, and I know this is why a lot of people have private chest tuition and, and then stop, uh, is a lot of trainers just show up like, what are we doing today? Uh, <laughs> which is not what people want when they uh, hire uh, someone they, they think are, are qualified to teach them something. Uh, what they want is uh, someone coming in and say, okay, this is what we're working on. Um, so with, with Sam there, there's a lot of functions. Uh, I don't do openings, uh, mm. not at his level. I, I do do openings at a, at a reasonable level. So I play the opening myself. I played it in all my games as far as I can remember. And I've, I've done preparation at times. I was... Uh, uh, that was good, um, but I don't do it to the, the extensive depth which you need to uh, to enter the top 20 where I think Sam's like 24, 25 at the moment and, and for sure top uh, 20 is the, uh, the next target. Um, so he works with someone else for, for, for that. So what I do is basically everything else. I help him with psychological preparation. I help him with, uh, with generally analyzing his game, talk about his game, reflection on his game. I, I talk about strategies for tournaments. We talk about how the players, the opponents are playing uh, in a specific way to approach them. Uh, the, the weaknesses, which type of game that's where we can get into territory where Sam is better and, and they're worse than normal. Um, and this is one of the things that, that, that often is a little bit surprising to people that I actually teach quite a lot. Um, mm. Where, you, you know, I, 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 I find, uh, collect and uh, mm. review material uh and then i have him sitting and and and, and solving it and and i explain things and i explain the thought methods he should uh, try to strive towards it's always a try about striving towards an ideal it's it's never really achieved and i also explain a lot of things uh the fact that i constantly hang my pieces uh which is <laughs> my, my my main trait as a chess player <laughs> it doesn't really affect my my uh, the level of my understanding and uh, and my my uh, my knowledge of, of chess. Um, obviously, I also learn a lot of things from from him uh, when we're working. But but yeah, I do do actually teach, and I also work with other players of of top hundred and. If a player comes to me at 2650, which happens from time to time, uh, more, more often than you would think, mm. uh, and ask for advice, uh, my first approach is to try to find out in which area of chess they are totally, absolutely inept. Mm. Because since they are only 2650, there must be something they absolutely don't understand or can't do. Mm. Which so I know, what, sounds, I know it's I know that it sounds um, like 
like a lot and, and like come on mm-hmm. but uh, but everyone have weaknesses and uh, chess is incredibly difficult and I'm not saying at all for a second that I could do better I'm saying that I have specialized myself in helping people so that they can do better which is a very different uh, approach it's not about being good at chess but being good at helping people improve. <clears throat> so I, I remember actually the last time I actually saw Sam in person in New York, uh, maybe about a couple of months before COVID uh, a while ago, uh, you know, I actually asked him, uh, like, what's the biggest difference between, you know, you and, you know, like, uh, you know, typical grandmaster, you know, you're, you're 25, 25, 50, uh, you know, grandmaster. Um, you know, and I asked that question, honestly, because, you know, for me, honestly, like, uh, you know, as a, uh, you know, 2200 player, um, you know, I, I could struggle to, you know, even I'll play like 22, 2300, uh, or even below, you know, 2100, uh, you know, I just played in the world open this past weekend. Uh, yeah. And, you know, pretty disastrous tournament actually, uh, four and a half out of nine, you know, the under 2200, but, um, it, you know, it could be challenging. So, uh, and, and one thing he, you know, kind of surprised me about was like, I'm just like, honestly, flat out better in all parts of the game, <laughs> you know, compared to, you know, 25, 50, you know, 2,600, you know, opening, middle game, end game. I was like, okay, wow. Um, do, do you have any thoughts about that or what, what like specifically, uh, you know, separates, you know, grandmasters and, and like super grandmasters? Well, uh the thing is, so so I think my current rating is around twenty four seventy five. I, I couldn't tell you the exact number. I, I gave up caring uh, once it dropped below twenty five hundred uh, many eons ago. Um, <laughs> but but I remember, you know, when when you know, the the tournament where Boris and I were, we started working together. They had a press conference before the tournament, and uh, of course, Boris was the main guy there. And it was like two hours, two and a half hours. And I was there, I just sat and, and, and watched. But, but I was part of the path. What is the difference between uh, you and Boris? And at the time, I was 25.50, maybe. I was never 25.50, so I was a little bit less. Hmm. Maybe I was 2535 or something like that. I was close to 2550. And I was just, well, the difference between Boris and me is the same as between me and a 2200 player. Hmm. It's massive. <laughs> it's just simply massive. Wow. And at the time, Boris was probably top 20 player. Um, of course, he, he maybe he was 15 or something by rating. Um, hmm. But of course, he, he was much stronger. He was never very good at beating uh, lower-rated players, uh, like, you know, it's sort of the opposite of Firusha. So Boris was dangerous to everyone, uh, but very solid. Well, uh, you know, could beat anyone, but, uh, but not very good at... Uh, I, I used to joke that he was not very good at beating Fenveli, not because Fenveli is not a fantastic player. He absolutely is. Mm. But because he was a, very often he was the lowest rated in bike and say, and mm. uh, rating uh, is, is, is there's often a, a difference, a sizable difference if you're very good at beating 
players were around top 100 uh, compared to making plus one in, 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 in a top 20 tournament. So, for example, we saw recently Ferusha was number two in the world. And in the run that took him there, he, he won against Mamichara, but otherwise no players over 2,700. Just a very big score against only 26, 2650 players. Um, so that's the rating. So of course Boris was was fantastic already. He was third in the in the Mexico World Championship and so on. Um, but still, people were like, "Oh, but you're both grandmaster." But really, the, the difference is immense. Uh, hmm. And yeah, and uh, and the reason why Sam is so good is it's just work. Hmm. Uh, of course, he, he was he was reasonably talented, but I don't think he was. Uh, he's but he's not he's not one of the most talented uh, guys I've worked with. But uh, huh. still, some 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 a U.S. championship in front of number two, four, and six in the world. There's some Olympic goals in there. Uh, he was on his way to winning the the World Cup. It, and then there was this, this strange uh, playoff match with, with Kayakin. And yeah, you know, it's and, and, and has his best achievements in front of him, I think. Hmm. So still, still a great player. Um, yeah, amazing. And, and yeah, I mean, Galpan uh, you know, has been great for chess. I remember actually being in Israel in 2011. Uh, when he uh, you know, qualified for the world championship and, you know, he was on the front page of, uh, you know, the Jerusalem Post, um, which is going to Israel uh, next week for the fifth time. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, uh, you know, just, just amazing to see, uh, you know, the, the rise of, uh, you know, chess PR, uh, which of course is, uh, you know, happening now, uh, you know, quite a bit with, uh, you know, Queen's Gambit and everything. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I, I, think, I think that's trailed off, actually. I, th- I, th- I think the, the boost we got uh, sort of trailed off the moment people stopped, started watching Stranger Things four, and and and, and went back to the office. <laughs> uh, I think the, the we had a great boom in, in chess, and uh, some people will will have stayed around or have rediscovered chess or something like this. But I think the new influx of people that uh, because of yeah COVID and and the Queen's Gambit, I think they it stopped. You can see many times, many places, streamers all say their their attendance is, is down somewhat. It's not down to what it was before COVID, but uh, it's down compared to those things. And um, play Magnus, basically they, they flatlined also their growth and uh, quality chats. We we are the same as always. We we sort of outside the. We were never trendy, you know. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I definitely value that. But you know, look at the same time, it's yeah, for sure, trailed down a little bit. I mean, I, I used to get like questions every day about Queen Gambit, but uh, you know, I still am. You know, like at least once a week, I go to events, and you know, I tell people, oh, I run a chess company. Oh, I've seen Queen Gambit. You know, it was like initial reaction. You know, to to the question, right? It used to be, wow, I, I didn't even know chess is like an industry. You know, so it's 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 definitely uh you know still around and you know hey I'm 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 grateful for it. So, um, you know, one thing that um 
I listened to on your interview uh, yesterday. Uh, well, the episode was uh, a little over two years ago, but I was listening yesterday to your episode with Ramesh uh, on Ben Johnson's Perpetual Podcast. And uh, one of the things that both of you were, were speaking about that uh, I really liked actually was uh, it's better to do less puzzles uh, than more and get them accurate. Uh, you know, if you do you know, puzzles incorrectly and you practice it, you know, all you're going to do is, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, learn how to do things incorrectly. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and, you know, in a similar vein, you know, I went to, uh, you know, the gym, you know, last year, uh, um, you know, quite a bit, um, I could go back more, but uh, my friend, uh, Adam Trudy's Atomic Total Fitness, Adam, of course, has been on the podcast as well. Uh, you know, he is his trainer, uh, Michael, uh, you know, kept saying a million times, like much rather do like a smaller, uh, you know, rep, uh, but actually, you know, do it the correct way, uh, you know, every, every time. So um, what, 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 what suggestions do you have for, you know, tactical uh, improvement uh, and, uh, you know, just, just like, you know, practice? Yeah, no, uh, like, like you don't want to be, lifting things in the weight in a way that uh, you know, put pressure on the wrong parts of your body, which is basically the, the skeleton rather than the muscles. Um, in chess, you don't want to develop bad habits that, that then accumulate and stay with you. But, but there's some, some, some distinctions which are important to, uh, to make. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially one, uh, I think most people don't really grasp, which is between uh, tactics, combinations, and calculation. Mm -hmm. it, so it sounds like, you know, the meme, like it's the same picture, right? But it really isn't. So, uh, for example, if you're trying to learn simple tactics, then I don't think sitting and staring at a physician for 20 minutes, 30 minutes is a good idea. If the thing that you're trying to do is to learn patterns, then some engagement, some active engagement is very, very useful, but we're talking two, three, four minutes, you know, uh, just to sharpen your, uh, your vision for possibilities, see some, some new patterns on the board, some new, uh, and we're talking really like simple tactics. Um, if you're tr trying to do combinations, you should think and, and, and try to, to to really look for these thematic ideas but it's a in a more challenging and dynamic way and it always depends on on your level what is more challenging what's more dynamic but again i don't think you want to go to like really sit and be stuck forever and ever um there is a, a point of uh, a diminishing return uh for sure when you're doing simple tactics that comes quite quickly when you're trying to solve uh, not too difficult combinations, but, but, but reasonably challenging combinations for your level, it does strike in at some point. You wouldn't want to spend like an hour or maybe even 30 minutes on, or something like that, but five, 10 minutes feels like you're really trying and then so on. But when it comes to, to training calculation, um, then it really is a very broad um, broad spectrum of uh, of skills, and I think everyone has sort of a every trainer has a slightly different 
uh, focus on it. I remember I did a seminar last year and, and they said, oh, our trainer says uh, calculation is just uh, concentration and that's it. And, and the trainer is a, is a strong player. I played him four times. We have a 2-2 score, one win each. Uh, and, and it's certainly, a, a, for me, it, it, that's a good result against this player and uh, a smart guy with, uh, say, as, as a trainer has been exceptionally successful. Um, but for me, there's just much more to it. And, and you mentioned uh, Ramesh, where at the time we, we had an academy together and we found out that basically we wanted different things. So he went off, made another academy and, and, uh, and, and we continued the one uh, that, was, uh, that we were already doing and, and changed the name to not confuse anyone. Uh, and the name is now killchesttraining.com. Um, so Ramesh, uh, what really fascinated me with, uh, with meeting him and, and working with him for a period was his uh, focus on visualization and to see that he's, he's very systematic in that and, and really that produces uh, a lot of positive effects. Um, well, I... I sort of find also the, the focus on really understanding what the options are, understanding what calculation are, is, is very, very important. Because when we're looking at a board, we see all kinds of patterns and ideas very quickly. And they are basically a reflection of the test that's inside us. While if you are calculating, then what you're trying to do is not like in tactics where you're trying to learn patterns, patterns, recognizing patterns, or in combinations where you're trying to put these patterns together into small sequences uh, with a clear, clear effect, often with a, with a sacrifice, which was Botvinnik's uh, definition. But when we're into to actual calculation, we have complicated positions where you try to, try to work out uh, sequences and finding the right path. And this is can be, be quite, uh, quite difficult. For example, can, the candidates tournament would have looked very difficult, uh, very different if uh, Kawana had uh, won his two winning positions against uh, Nepomniachi. Um, but uh, he didn't and it, it, it became the way it became. Um, but for me, calculation is uh, finding the things you don't automatically see. It's more than just the, the patterns which are already in you. And, and there's a lot of technical uh, aspects to it. Um, I had a training camp with, uh, uh, with, a, with a very, uh, very, very good uh, amateur player uh, recently. And uh, I gave him this position, which is one of my favorite. I'm not going to mention which one it is because <laughs> I'm going to do more with it one day. Um, and I asked him to find five options, five serious uh, lines of, uh, of investigation. Basically, I, I normally say it's like a three-move sequence, uh, my move, your move, my move. So it sort of has not just a move, but it has a direction. It's an idea. I asked him five ideas in 15 minutes. He said, okay. So he thought for 15 minutes, and it was clearly, clearly struggled. He had like two, three serious ideas, and then in the, in the end, he scrambled and made it five ideas. And I said, okay, 
Uh, now, another 10 minutes, five, five more. And he was like, like, what? I'm like, please, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm serious here. Okay, so he, he, um, he found uh, five more, and then I did it again. Another 10 minutes, five more ideas. And he came up with some ideas in that position that I have never considered, nobody had ever considered, I've shown it to at least 100 people. Um, but he didn't come up with the, the first move even, not even just the idea like the little sequence, but the first move that was played by Bulkevsky. <laughs> so it's like, uh, thought for 35 minutes just with finding ideas, I didn't even consider what was played in the game. Uh, and, and the skill of just finding ideas, for example, is vastly underrepresented uh, mm. in chess literature in, in general and understanding of it. And of course, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's what, what's known as candidate moves. Uh, but the idea that it calls candidate moves sort of annoys me a little bit because then people are just finding a move. Oh, you could play bishop g5 and they have no intention of going there with the bishop or no purpose for it. It's just they saw that it was possible to go there and now they found a candidate, but it has no intention and mm. for lacks value. Um, so that's a very long, complicated uh, answer. <laughs> so no, basically, well, basically I... people should know the, the, the sort of the reason why I'm trying to be on on various uh, podcasts and so on at the moment is I have a a long and complicated book out uh, <laughs> in coming coming out in paper in five days. It was already out on forward test two days ago, which is called a matter of endgame technique. Well, that was my next question. So there you go. Which <laughs> is less than 900 pages, as we say. And if they ask how much, we say uh, less than 1% less. Wow. 896 pages. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and that, by the way, is, is important. Uh, my friend, uh, Robert Hungaski, who, you know, likely have met, uh, you know, at, at some point we roomed together at the U.S. Open. And uh, one thing that, like, he really surprised me with, uh, honestly, uh, you know, he, I, I finished my game relatively early, uh, you know, this one round. And, uh, you know, I was literally about to fall asleep uh, in the hotel room. Uh, and, he, and he comes in uh, and he's like, Evan, I got I to gotta show you my game. You know, and I was like, sure, why not? You know, <laughs> I got out of bed, uh, literally, uh, you know, to, 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 to look at the game with him. And uh, honestly, like he, he was playing someone, you know, who was around my, my level, more or less, you know, like, like 2200. And uh, honestly, when I last saw the position, I thought it was a pretty equal endgame, mm -hmm. uh, you know. And, you know, it's interesting. He literally told me, like, at this point, I knew I was going to win. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Like, you're a stronger player, you can play him. But he, and he even said, like, it was a fairly equal end game, but he just, you know, understood it better. And he was like, wow, like, I knew for sure I was going to win. I was like, honestly, I would have been thinking about offering a draw, <laughs> you know, at, at, at the time. But he, at, at that, he was like, this is when I was like 100% confident I was going to win. So, um, what you know, without giving obviously like you know too much of the books, people will buy it. Uh, well, there will be enough left, <laughs> but of, of course, I'm you know saying that I have, have jokingly, but um, you know, what, what are like the 
you know, at, even at the, you know, expert master level, uh, international master level, even, you know, what, what, what are some like misconceptions about in games that you've, uh, you know, seen? Um, I've, I've seen so much uh, general lack of understanding of end games, which of course started with my own lack of understanding of end games. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> like nothing of this has ever come easy to me. Um, one of the reasons why I think I have anything to, to offer as a coach and, and a writer is because I had to acquire all this knowledge and skill and experience myself uh, through work. So uh, when things come for free for you because of, uh, how can you say, inappropriate, uh, inappropriate talent, you know, talent that you shouldn't be having. Uh, when things come easy for, for, for these few people, uh, they don't know how they, they really got there often. But uh, in my case, uh, with basically everything, uh, nothing came for free and, and I had to acquire it through work and I understand what it was I didn't understand and understand what it was I, I understood, so I understood things better, what I did, so I understand things better and, and so on. Um, but I think generally, like, there's so many things basic things that people have, uh, have problems with and then you have some some players who are, are technically extremely gifted um, but I think often I think even very very strong players will take on a weakness for no purpose um, just thinking oh um, you, you, you know I uh, uh, I, I, I can, I, I don't really have to worry about this. You know, it's just a little weakness. It doesn't matter. And then they're going to sit and, and defend it for 30, 40, 50 moves. Um, another thing I had with a, with a student who he lost the pawn, but they were in a, a position was totally defensible with uh, uh, Queen Bishop and Rook. And it was, you know, it was unpleasant. Uh, they had opposite color uh, bishops, so it was unpleasant. But uh, um, you know, it was defensible. But he simply didn't understand at all how to to navigate in uh, in the position. Uh, didn't manage to improve uh, his position at all. He was constantly trying to look for some quick fix uh, to the position. I've seen this so much, uh, where. A player is worse, and especially if he's also a slightly worse uh, chess player. But if he's worse, but nothing bad actually should happen to him, uh, people still really don't know when to be active and when to be passive. It's a, it's a very, very different, uh, very difficult skill. Um, also, you know, when should you? Try to push your pawns and uh, you know use the uh, the dynamic possibility of the position. And when is uh, is the time to just be calm and, and collect weaknesses and, uh, and and not sacrifice anything to have a pass pawn? I have a lot of, uh, especially in chapter two of the book. I have a lot of these, you know, on one hand, on the other hand, uh, hmm. th uh, examples where. Um, basically getting a, 
a feeling for these things, hopefully through seeing these examples will, will help people. Um, mm. But uh, I, I think uh, people's technical skill generally is, is, is not that high. So even at grandmaster level. Um, well, I, I like it. I mean, we all definitely have, you know, a lot of work to do. And uh, yeah, the book comes out, uh, like you said, in, in a couple of days and uh, definitely encourage, uh, you know, everyone to, uh, to, to get that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, well, um, you know, and, and so, yeah, the, the last thing I, I really wanted to talk to you about was uh, your own academy, of course, uh, Killer Chess Academy. Um, I was actually doing some research, uh, you know, myself last night, uh, you know, definitely very, uh, you know, interesting I, I, idea. I mean, you have literally some of the, uh, you know, top coaches uh, around, uh, you know, not only your, yourself, of course, but, uh, you know, Shankland and uh, many other of the, you know, elite players, Shafaranov, uh, you know, many uh, other great coaches. And, uh, um, yeah, you know, you, you get uh, – you know, pretty much access to uh, as, as much uh, lessons uh, as, as you want. Uh, you know, definitely seems like, a, you know, a great deal. So um, can, you, can you give us, uh, you know, the elevator pitch for, for Killer yeah. Chess Training? Yeah, so killerchesstraining.com. Uh, uh, um, so so the, ba the basic concept of it is that we have a, a lesson every day. And obviously... Uh, it will never be satisfying in the way that everyone can attend a live lesson every day. Uh, our academy runs basically in three time zones. We run uh, down the, the Indian subcontinent as being a time zone. We run down uh, as uh, Central Europe being a time zone, even though we always align everything with London time, because otherwise we <laughs> make, we make mistakes uh, in the academy. Uh, and then we 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 go by uh, by by US and and which of course is is uh, quite a time spread in itself. Um, so, but we have live lessons every day. Um, sometimes we have uh, two a day. We have generally we we run courses. Most of them are about thirteen uh, sessions. So. If you come into the academy at some point and you miss some of the earlier thing, you can always catch some on repeat. You can always catch a live lessons and repeat some point when courses are finished. There's a two, three week period where you can, can still catch them up. Otherwise, we, we package them up and put them in our shop where members get a very, very big discount, but they don't get access to everything that ever was. Um, and part of the reason for that is that there can be sort of an overwhelm that leads to paralysis. It's much better like these are the courses now, choose whatever sort of uh, you want to get going and then forget about the rest. And yeah, we have, uh, have many experienced coaches. We have, uh, as you mentioned, we have Sam, we have uh, Yulan Mendy, who is uh, one of the top Spanish coaches. Um, we have, as you said, we have many strong players. Uh, we have uh, uh, Mikhailo Olyshenko, who is uh, one of the strong Ukrainian coaches, a very strong player also. We have Alexander Motilev, who uh, was the Russian national uh, coach uh, and is, is now playing. And uh, uh, I, uh, yeah, 
the whole Russia thing is very, very complicated. Let's not go there. Um, <laughs> but 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 uh, Motilev is is uh, in the academy with the total uh, approval, a blessing, and uh, of of Oleksenko from Ukraine. And we thought the Ukrainian guy says that that he thinks he should be there. Then then that's all. You know, we have we don't have a right to 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 decide on that. A uh, complicated issue. We have uh, Chiparina, as you mentioned. Adams gave a, a serious force and has said that he he'll probably be back. We have had various uh, guest coaches, uh, Gelfand, of course, Anand, um, Peter Heine Nielsen. Uh, I think we haven't had no. We we talking to him. We're hoping to get him, um, and and others. Um, we have some uh, some tournaments we, we hold on on Lee Chess. Uh, if you look up uh, look us up, we have um, uh, a few a few accounts uh, as the academy on Lee Chess, and one of them anyone can join. Where we have tournaments, and we have one uh, arena tournament tomorrow. I, I just to prove everyone, I just only throw people out who are starting like, oh, my academy is better, you know, so on. <laughs> On the stream, it's like okay, you know, you know, you you're, you're you're very welcome, but your sales talk should be uh, should be somewhere else. Um, we have players from various various levels, um, so we have players who are like started at the academy of maybe like twelve hundred and, and and now uh, have improved quite a lot. Uh, we have two guys who became GMs in the last year, uh, two guys who became IM very recently. Uh, one of them in his third IM norm, he made half a point over the GM norm, which uh, was quite nice. Another another kid who made his first GM norm, uh, another kid made first IM norm. So we have, have these strong players. We have uh, three top 100 players. They're, they're not so visible and they sort of keep to themselves. So it's one of them, Sam, who follows classes and uh, does the homework, uh, which is, is maybe the thing we're most known for, that every week we have homework where people can print it out and send their uh, suggestions in by the end of the week. And then we mark it and we send it back and we have a class where we go through all the uh, the solutions and uh, explain everything and and try to sort of keep people going. Uh, people who have continuously done the homework have continuously improved. So mm. a lot of the people I was talking about there, I, uh, I, I know them mainly through the homework. Uh, for some people, that's the main thing they do. There's uh, one guy who's, who's my age who's improved 100 points and uh, not played much, but uh, probably improve more. He was 2150, now he's 2250. He will go to 2300 if, he, if his wife lets him play more tournaments. And, you know, it's, uh, it's improvement for all level, all ages, uh, all genders, uh, very inclusive. Um, chess is fortunate in the way that um, uh, it's, it can be very different uh, how easy you can understand something yourself and see it. But with a good explanation, uh, most people can, 
can follow uh, what is happening. Sometimes at a slightly different level, but everyone can definitely get, get something out of it. And we, yeah, we, we try to be, be very inclusive. We don't mind questions from, from players who are not the smartest. Actually, it's, it's, it's uh, um, yeah, and rather than say not the smartest, I would say people who have uh, not traveled as far yet in their chess journey, because often, you know, it's like it's kids. Often it's, uh, you know, there's a 10-year-old kid who sees something for the first time and they just ask, which is great because you get this chance to explain things uh, where probably other people are sometimes holding back on, uh, on questions. And I know as a, as a reasonable player myself that I like when things are well explained well. Uh, it's, uh, things are never obvious to me. They're never easy. And... Uh, uh, yeah, so our classes are, are all inclusive. Uh, they're not rushing, rushing away, following just the strongest uh, players. But uh, the strong players don't uh, don't feel that it drags on endlessly. Also, with explaining basic concepts all the time, we have some classes that focus on this, but uh, but generally, it's, it's really very inclusive, and it works well. Amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, well, I, I, I definitely recommend, uh, you know, every, everyone uh, check it out. Uh, you know, it's a unique, uh, you know, model, uh, you know, subscription model. Uh, by the way, you've been uh, inspiring me to consider doing things like that, uh, you know, for our own company. Uh, you know, we mostly do, uh, you know, you know, people pay for, for, for classes, uh, you know, it'd be private or virtual or corporate or school programs. Uh, whatever it is, um, yeah. Uh, actually, one of our uh, instructors, Phil Rosenberg, which has been on the show as well for a while, actually, has been telling me to uh, consider, uh, you know, some sort of subscription model. So uh, we'll, yeah. we'll be yeah, on sure. it ourselves. <laughs> so I want I want to mention my thinking behind this uh, a little bit, which um, essentially the way I I do my job is. I find out to do sort of the, the things either that are most interesting or, or, or is most helpful for people. Um, I don't really care about money, which is why it's uh, people in both quality chess and in, uh, in kill chess training and, and also in my own private trainer company. They don't allow me to manage the money or set the prices or anything like that. Uh, my partner, for example, uh, uh, Runs, runs kill test training and so on. But what I have insisted on was that I wanted this kind of model where, for example, for our Indian students, I just heard today one of them in his last tournament, in an Indian tournament, 180 rating points. And, wow. and will now play in the, in the underage uh, world championship. Um, but for, for, for these kids where... Some of them that I knew was going to join from, from the very be beginning, like Shahil Day, who's a 15-year-old uh, kid from, uh, from India, who originally had, like, they had no resources at all. Um, you know, for them to be able to, to join at a reasonable rate, uh, it's 749 euros, which today is basically $751. Like, it's almost... Uh, one to one, um, but he's there like 
now he's playing a lot, but uh, but when he's he's not playing, he's there every class, uh, and he really benefited a lot from it. And and there are other uh, students of ours who have lots of time, lots of passion, lots of uh, of will, but don't have lots of uh, of resources. And for me, it was very important to have a model where we set up so so they could benefit immensely. Um, while at the same time, if it was someone like myself with a, with a day job and kids and, uh, and a girlfriend and uh, other interests and so on, you know, yeah, I would follow like maybe one or two courses a week and still it's a good price. It still is, is a fair deal. Um, there, there are other, many other models out there uh, who, who have different ethics and uh, have a really more like the more exclusive and you pay for the exclusivity and, and the intimacy a little bit. I don't see that, um, that that's how I wanted to do it. I wanted it to be open rather than exclusive. I wanted it to be affordable rather than trying to maximize profit. Um, I understand very well that I'm in a, a privileged situation where I don't actually have to think about that because uh, I already have uh, have have sort of uh, made made myself secure, financially secure. Not rich, but uh, but I can pay the rent, and I can also pay <laughs> the rent next year. I cannot pay the rent in ten years if I stop working, but I can I, I can pay it next year, um, and that gives this kind of freedom to like, what do you actually want to to do with your time? Um, so I'm not criticizing anyone else's models. I'm, I'm always terrified of being seen as, 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 as full of it or, or anything like that. It's just I'm very comfortable doing this. I'm having a great time. We're really, really enjoying it. Um, I, I, I feel it's like it's a club, you know. It just has a, a membership fee. I play in a tennis club, and I can tell you it's, it's much much more expensive than this uh, this academy and, and there's not as many lessons uh, so uh, and and yeah still um, it's it's a nice place if you want to get better at chess and spend time with nice people uh, obviously you should go to premier chess but otherwise <laughs> If, if for some reason uh, that is unavailable to you, you know, if Evan uh, is too busy and is overbooked, you can always <laughs> check us out. Well, look, I, I you know, it's funny. I, I Look, my, my very good friend, Shelby Lorman, the director of American Chess Equipment, and uh, now also uh, recently took over his father's, uh, on the way to taking over his father's Rochester Chess Center, uh, you know, he, he always likes to say, right, rather than, you know, fight for each slice, you know, grow the pie, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, so, you know, look, I, I, I truly like, I, I don't view, uh, you know, Killer Chess Academy as, you know, competition, uh, you know, per se, um, you know, rather the opposite, um, you know, I've had, you know, many, many, many other chess program uh, coordinators and organizers on the podcast. Uh, and, and by the way, I, I do even occasionally get questions like, look, why, why, you know, why would you have someone like Jaco Bagard, you know, on, on your podcast, you know, you're technically, you know, promoting a, another chess company, but, you know, at the same time, I, you know, I, I don't view it that way. Is it very possible that someone listening to this 
you know, might go to, you know, your company and, and not us. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's very possible. Uh, and, and you know what, I'm happy they're going to a, a great company. But, but, yeah, <laughs> you know, okay. so it, you know, you know it, the principle it, of the flower districts, right? In, uh, so this is, this is uh, originally this come out of, uh, of the Netherlands, but you also have it here in, in Glasgow, uh, where I live, where we have a, an arcade with jewelers. And there's like 20 jewelers right next to each other. And mm-hmm. you, would, you would think, why would you do that? Because you're all you're competing for the same customers. But actually, it's the other way around. Everyone is coming there. I think our big uh, competition in chess uh, is apathy. I think mm. it's very uh, it's very useful, and this is this is something that was taught to me, and I just accepted as being correct. Uh, Matthias Wüllenweber, uh, who is the founder of Chessbase, he's simply the guy who made the program. Mm. Uh, when I told him uh, in 2004 that we were we were founding Call to Chess and we're going to have a book out and uh, and so on. I was actually in, in at the chess space offices to record a, a DVD. And he said, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, it's really important. There's a lot of people who do good things in chess so that we can keep people interested. For example, at some point, people were telling me, oh, it must be great for you and quality chess. Um, at the moment, the other people aren't really making any good books, like so, sort of like Gambit, they were sort of slowing down and, and noon chess were, were not really pushing yet. And so there was like a moment where we were, were a little bit ahead uh, in, in that sense. Um, and, and, you know, we have had bad years and everyone has had bad years. At that point, it was like, uh, we sort of were ahead and it was, and someone said to me, it must be happy the others aren't really making any good books at the moment. I thought, no, because, you know, people buy two, three books and they're like, I'm totally uninspired by this. I'm going to stop buying books. It's a disaster. You know, <laughs> we, we, we're all competing against uh, antipathy uh, as, uh, you know, as professionals in this industry. And also, uh, you know, when, when you invite uh, other people onto your podcast, it just shows that you're very comfortable in your own skin and uh, you know you have enough to offer that uh, you can put anyone on there and nobody's going to make you look bad. And, and that's a good thing. No, look, it, it, it's, it's very true, uh, you know, and, and, and also, look, you know, it's, uh, I was just actually talking yesterday with my friend Alan Dorfman who owns a tutoring company in, in, in New York. And, you know, one of the biggest things I, I was actually telling him is uh, I was actually encouraging him to start a podcast as well as blog more and, and whatnot. And, you know, ultimately, look, it, it's all about adding value, you know. Um, you know, every week I, I, I'm able to send out, you know, a newsletter or, or two uh, and have people not unsubscribe. Why? Because there's very valuable content. Right. This, uh, you know, so so speaking of which, I, I really do want to, you know, thank you for, you know, taking time. I'm sure we could, uh, you know, talk for another, uh, you know, hour or two and still have, you know, more than enough, uh, you know, to, to talk about, uh, you know, with the wealth of knowledge. But, um, you know, really wanted to, uh, you know, thank you for taking some time to talk about, uh, you know, everything from, you know, the Charlotte chess community to the Scotland chess scene, Michael Adams, classical style. Uh, you know, learning about grandmasters or super grandmasters, 
uh, you know, talking about chess PR and tactical improvement, uh, end games, um, and, uh, you know, a, a whole lot more. So uh, is there anything else you'd like to add uh, while you're on the podcast? Uh, it was a great pleasure and great honor to be invited. Yeah, my, my, my sincere pleasure. And uh, lastly, if anyone wants to reach out, learn more about Killer Chess Academy, your books, uh, your, your publishing house, uh, anything else, uh, what would be the best way for people to reach you? Killchesstraining.com. Um, if you want to have a conversation with, uh, with my boss, uh, not just in a metaphorical sense, since uh, we're living in the same house, but also actually <laughs> the boss of the company. Um, I should say the, the boss has three owners. It's, it's Sam, uh, myself, and Kalia. Then uh, we, have a, we have a Facebook uh, account, and, and you can uh, catch her there on, on Messenger, and, and she will uh, tell you anything you need to know. Uh, also, if you ask kindly, she'll definitely give you a, a guest pass for, for a lesson, I'm sure. So if anyone just want to come in and have a freebie, we have a YouTube channel where you can find a few lessons as well. Uh, quality Chess, well, qualitychess.co.uk. If you do, do .com, it should also redirect you. Uh, the books are there. They're available in all good bookstores everywhere. Um, they're available on Forward Chess. Some are available on Chess Tempo. We have some books available on Chessable, but at the moment it doesn't look like we're going to add any there. Mm. Um, you know, they're going through a, a, a little thing, a change at the moment. I'm not really following. I just noticed it, but uh, uh, yeah, we we put some up there, but at the moment we get some some questions for that. But at the moment. Uh, it's going to be on Chess Tempo, where, for example, the whole Yusupov series uh, is going to be published. You should invite Yusupov to a podcast. He's simply the nicest man you will ever meet. Um, well, I would love to, and uh, if you have his information, I would love to, uh, you know, for you to post I, in touch. I, I, I shall email it to you. <laughs> I would uh, I, I would absolutely love where, you know, more content, you know, the, the, the better. Um, and, and yeah, yeah. Um, you know, speaking of which, actually, you just kind of reminded me. I, 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 I got so excited, I, I, I forgot my little bit of a, a spiel in, in the beginning of the episode. But uh, yeah, I mean, every week we, we, you know, we do interview great, uh, you know, people who found their passion. Uh, not even just chess players, but also business coaches, attorneys. Uh, you know, earlier this week we had one with you know, Paul Rubin, who actually started a, you know, a, a big uh, nonprofit in uh, in Long Island, um, and 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 yeah, many other uh, you know types of. Uh, you know, people as well. So, um, yeah, you know, we're, we're definitely uh, always looking for more good content. And, uh, you know, yeah, actually, um, I, I, in your interview with Ben the other day, well, that I listened to uh, last night, you were talking to a lot about his books uh, as well that he wrote for, uh, you know, Quality Chess. So, um, yeah, thank you so much again for your time. I'm actually going to be on, on Ben's podcast in, in a few weeks anyway. I don't know when he will publish it, but I think we set up in the next two weeks to talk at some point so oh wow well you're uh you know a, a multiple time uh guest on there um, so we'll, we'll definitely uh have you on here again uh, at some point as well i look forward it would be to be an absolute absolute pleasure take care so, thank you and uh, i look forward to meeting you in person one day have a great day absolutely bye bye